On today's show, I'm unveiling my top 10 Rangers prospects, including a top two that might just be the two best prospects in all of baseball. All that and more on this episode of Locked On Rangers. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Rangers, your daily Texas Rangers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are locked on to the World Series champion Texas Rangers. I'm Bryce Paddock, a criminally addicted Texas Rangers fan covering this team for 10 seasons, including all five as the founder and host of this show. Thank you all so much for making Locked On Rangers your first listen every single day. If you're not already, you can follow me on Twitter at Bryce Paddock. You can follow the show at Locked On Rangers. Hit subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform and on YouTube, where the best way you can help grow the show is to comment nearly any single thing below. Now, before we get into the top 10 Rangers prospects, today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's 150 bucks if your team wins. So visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get started. Now we have gone through the bottom 20 of my top 30 prospects. We're we're into the big guns now in the top 10. Let's start with number 10, the number 10 prospect in the Rangers system, according to me, locked on Rangers host Bryce Patrick, is Kumar Rocker. The Rangers' first-round pick back in the 2022 draft, a third overall pick out of Vanderbilt University, who had Tommy John this year in what might be the single biggest bummer of the Rangers' minor league farm system from 2023. He had a pretty good season in Hickory, just uh, six starts, 20 innings, 42 strikeouts to just seven walks, which is about what we were expecting. He's been reworking a lot of his delivery. He is mainly still a fastball slider guy working on a curveball change up a cutter to kind of work a little bit better against lefties make him a more give him a more well-rounded repertoire um but tommy john is is a huge bummer he was just about to be promoted to double a frisco he had just made his debut in the mlb pipeline top 100 literally the day of maybe an hour before we got the news that he was having tommy john surgery and then within like 15 minutes he was taken out of the top 100 which is just just a huge bummer for him uh and for rangers fans in general I think next year, or this year, whenever he does come back, we'll see when that is. I'm assuming it'll be somewhere around mid-season, June or July. Um, I'm assuming he'll start in Double A Frisco, but this guy, despite the Tommy John, I think he'll come back and be just fine. Um, everyone has Tommy John surgery. It happens literally all the time, but I'm a believer in the new mechanics that he's been working on um, because his his old mechanics kind of you know looked more like he would you know, use a lot of his shoulder and uh, would lead to a little bit more injury risk uh, instead of him using more of his lower half because he is, you know, huge. He's 6'5", 245 pounds, son of an NFL defensive end. Uh, the guy's he's a big boy and he has got a lot of potential. I think of the Rangers pitching prospects, I think he has the highest ceiling. Now, does he get there? I don't know. I think there's maybe even less risk with him than than Brock Porter um, because he is at a higher level, because he is older, because he is a little bit more advanced. Um, but there's still plenty of developmental meat left on the bone. Uh, I would be surprised if he made his big league debut uh, in you know before the you know midseason mark in 2025, I think that's maybe the most aggressive uh, projection. But this guy's got the top end ceiling of an ace, a guy who could lead your rotation, who could be you know a very very good pitcher. And you know guys with that kind of ceiling don't come around every so often. There, there's a reason why for a long time at Vanderbilt he was thought of as more highly. Um, at least his ceiling was 
was viewed as higher, I think still is viewed as higher than Jack Leiter. But this guy has got all the tools. He is a, a smart kid, a hard worker, and I, I have I am really, really looking forward to seeing him back on the hill in 2024. Now, the number nine prospect in this Rangers system, we got a run of pitchers here. Number nine is Owen White. Not the best year for Owen White in the major leagues or really in the minor leagues. Did make his big league debut. He is a big leaguer, and uh, for those of you who are curious, the reason that he is still on a prospect list, despite being a big leaguer, is you have to eclipse, uh, I believe, it was 50 innings pitched for a pitching prospect to lose rookie eligibility status, or 130 major league at-bats. Uh, there are a couple guys on here who have made their major league debuts, but have not eclipsed those marks. That includes Evan Carter. I'm, I'm sure it's a wild, um, you know, throwing you off that, oh my gosh, Evan Carter's in my top 10 Rangers prospects, but Owen White is on this list as well. Stuff backed up a little bit this year. The strikeouts were down. The walks were up. It was a little bit concerning and a, a you know, question mark year for him. I believe he started the year as my top Rangers pitching prospect ahead of Jack Leiter um, and ahead of Brock Porter, but this year was rough for him. We'll see what he looks like next year. He's still is going into his age 24 season. He's still very young, former second-round pick who's got um, a lot of potential and is an absolute bulldog on the mound. The kind of mentality that you love to see in a guy who is in the top of your rotation. I am still a believer in Owen White, um, but this was a rough year for him. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. He'll be the first one to tell you that. I think he starts the year in AAA, and we'll see what the stuff looks like in spring training. I think that is a big, big key for him. If the velocity can get back to where it was in 2022 and in 2021, then I feel very, very good about his chances to fulfill his his ceiling, which is about a middle rotation pitcher. Maybe if things go really, really right, you could could have squinted at the peak of his powers. You, you projected maybe a number two starter if everything went right. I don't think that number two starter is is still in his ceiling at this point. Um, but if he's a mid-rotation pitcher, that's a developmental win. That is a good thing because the Rangers, like most teams in Major League Baseball, developing starting pitching is really hard. <laughs> a lot of things can go wrong just kind of out of nowhere. Like, like this season from Owen White. Like what happened with Cole Wynn, who is not on my top 30. Um, and I don't think he was last year either. Things just sometimes just just stop working for pitchers because there is no such thing as a pitching prospect. But if there was one, Owen White is a pretty darn good one, definitely earning his stripes in the top, earning his spot in the top 10 Rangers prospect list. Now, number eight on this list, we have yet another pitcher, Jack Leiter, Rangers second overall pick in the first round of the 2021 draft. A guy who has had some uh, real, mostly downs as a, as a major or a minor leaguer. I mean, he started his career in Frisco, which was an aggressive assignment, and it was a rough first year for him in 2022. Comes back in 2023, still missing a whole lot with his fastball on the glove side as well. Um, took some time off on the um, the restrict, restrict development list, I believe is the, is the name for it. But basically, it took a couple months off to rework some of his mechanics. The, the fastball is still very, very good. The slider still has a pretty good potential for a, a plus-plus pitch. Same with his curveball. Um, we'll see if those pitches get there. The fastball velocity and movement, all the profile on it, um, it, it has the characteristics of a very, very good major league fastball. But again, he's got to be able to land those breaking pitches for strikes and get hitters to expand the zone, get them to respect that he can throw those for strikes. Otherwise, they're just going to sit on his fastball and absolutely crush it. And that that's what's happened to him for the most part in his minor league career. But after taking that time off, he has gotten his, his mechanics a lot more cleaned up. He's not making the same mistakes that he had before, uh, making some new mistakes, which is fun and good and part of the development process. I mean, 
The Rangers kind of expected him to move pretty quickly through the system because he was a a fairly polished pitcher, um, polished pitcher. But again, there is no such thing as a pitching prospect and Jack Leiter with that aggressive assignment. It was, it was tough. It was challenging, but you know, he's a hard worker. He's got, you know, good grades on his makeup. He is a a guy who coaches will, will praise. He's not just someone who's not taking what the Rangers are telling him and not, you know, trying to do it, just trying to do his own thing. It's just, it takes time to become a major league pitcher. And he's, He's still very young. He's going to be 24 next year. Uh, I'm assuming he starts in AAA. He did earn a promotion to AAA at the end of the season. I'm sure he's happy to just be somewhere outside of the Texas League. It's still in Texas, but um, you know, I'm sure he was just happy to be somewhere other than that Frisco mound. Not his best in his trip one appearance in AAA, an 8-10 ERA in three and a third innings. Um, but hey, he earned the promotion. The Rangers believe in him, and they're not really worried about those mechanical issues that he was having earlier on in the season. We'll see what he looks like in spring training. I'm assuming there's no way they send him back to Frisco to start the season. I think that would be a real red flag. Um, he's going to start the season in AAA Round Rock, and I wouldn't be surprised if he makes the major leagues at some point this year. I would lean towards the latter half of the season. But that's going to be interesting because the Rangers' rotation in the latter half of the season, they're, they're going to be adding basically three pitchers at, you know, mid-season or later with you know the injured uh, Max Scherzer and Tyler Malley and Jacob DeGrom coming off the IL. So it'll be more difficult for him to make his crack that rotation in the second half than it would be in the first. So maybe 2025, beginning of the season, then uh, he's going to have more of a, a shot to make his major league debut or fight for a spot in the opening day rotation in 2025 because, again, the Rangers will... We'll have a couple guys coming off the books in Andrew Heaney and Max Scherzer. So there will be spots open in their rotation. We'll see if they fill it or if they believe that that Jack Leiter is going to be a guy who can live up to that ceiling of a middle of the rotation starting pitcher. If he is, that's great. I think his ceiling is at the highest end is is a number two. I don't think he's quite got ace caliber potential unless he you know, really irons out those command and issues um but i am still excited i'm still a believer in jack Leiter, despite the difficulties he's had in his first couple years coming up we're gonna look at some guys who really had a massive massive breakout year and of course two of the best prospects in all of baseball right after this word from our sponsors this episode is brought to you by fanduel College football may be over, but the NFL action is still raging on as the playoffs are here. It's best time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get 150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's 150 bucks in bonus bets, win or lose. There's all kinds of ways to bet, like live same-game parlays. You can find bets with the new Explore tab if you wanted to feel good about your Dallas Cowboys and, and their chances to maybe make the Super Bowl or, or win a Super Bowl for the first time in in many, many moons. Head over to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Shout out to the Everyday Rich making Lockdown Rangers your first listen every single day. We're back either on Monday, uh, barring some news. I'm, I'm assuming that there might be some news about the Rangers and their TV deal they're meeting uh, today. I'm pre-recording this the day before, um, but I'm thinking we might get some news about the Rangers and their TV contract situation. If that's the case, then I will be back on Thursday to talk about that and maybe even some big free agency spending news with all of that uh, new development. Who knows? Um, but 
If not, then I'll be back on Monday. Now, let's get to the number seven prospect in the Rangers system. This is a guy who had not made my top 30 list before. This is the highest jump from anybody. Well, almost anybody. Actually, well, I guess Wyatt Langford wasn't on my midseason prospect list because I did it literally the week before the draft. But anyway, let's get to a charity Vargas, the number seven prospect in the Rangers system, a shortstop slash second baseman slash third baseman signed out of the Dominican Republic who had an absolutely exceptional first season stateside as an 18-year-old spent time between the Arizona Complex League and literally one game with the Down East Wood Ducks. He is a guy who taps into quite a bit of power despite being 5'11", not having you know the biggest frame, but he had a 11 home runs in 222 plate appearances, as well as 15 doubles, hit over 300 on base, um, just shy of 390, and an OPS of 956 in those games with the Arizona Complex League. Had a a pretty solid Dominican Summer League debut in 2022 as a 17-year-old, an OPS of 878 with four home runs, which is pretty solid in 55 games there. Um, A really, really solid season this year, who I, I think, a guy who I think can stick at shortstop Long-term, maybe he ends up at third base, but he's definitely got the potential there. There's still some contact issues, and he's still very young, um, and I'm assuming he'll start next year at Down East as a 19-year-old. And I'm thinking that maybe he'll play a little bit more shortstop than he did uh, this year. He was splitting a lot of time with Sebastian Walcott. This year he played 27 games at uh, second base and 17 games at shortstop. That's because Sebastian Walcott was there. That's that's the main reason for that. He played 11 games at second and 11 at third in the year before um, and 26 games at shortstop that year. So basically... uh, We'll see what he looks like next year, um, what the Down East Wood Ducks roster looks like next year. There weren't a whole lot of hitters that I was super duper excited about that, or I guess that just had great years in Down East last year. Um, but Vargas is a guy who really put his name on the map this year. I mean, showing that power potential, showing that hitting for average and a pretty decent walk rate. Um, also stole 17 bases to just three times caught stealing. That's really solid. Um, but showing that kind of power f- from a premium defensive position and being able to stick there and also showing the speed uh, and the walk rate. We'll, we'll see how those contact issues play up in when he plays more than one game in Down East next year. But I am really, really high on this kid. I, I think he has got a pretty high ceiling of, of a guy who not a whole lot was thought of. I mean, he was signed for just $10,000 out of the Dominican in 2022. This was not a guy that was on everybody's radar. But he really made a name for himself this year, and I was very impressed by what he did enough to put him all the way up in the top 10. Now, number six prospect on my list is Anthony Gutierrez, a guy who plays all three outfield positions signed out of Venezuela, who is night just turned 19 years old. He has played two minor league seasons, spent time between uh, Down East and the Arizona Complex League, but mostly in Down East last year. He was 18, three years younger than the average position player in the Carolina League and had okay but not super impressive showing in down east but again the main reason that he is still way high up there is because the rangers are very very high on this kid and his abilities um and you know being 18 and already playing you know starting the year in full season ball and and doing very well and he made it all the way stateside as a 17 year old last year and had an ops above 700 in 87 plate appearances 
that's impressive. That's a sign of of how big of believers the Rangers are in this kid. In down east, he had a 326 on base percentage and just a 338 slugging percentage. And he's still very young, only two home runs and three triples to go along with 11 doubles in 325 plate appearances with down east. Um, but stole a whole lot of bags, stole 30 bags, and showing off that speed is, is very, very impressive. If he can stick in center field, that really raises the ceiling uh, of of him, uh, of him, you know, playing a defensive premium position. He has got pretty good bat to ball skills, pretty good, you know, recognition of pitches for his age. We'll see if the Rangers want to be aggressive with him and, and promote him to Hickory next year. I think that would be a, a good sign for him. Um, we'll see if he can put together a little more impressive showing numbers wise. But again, the ceiling is, is very high on this kid um, before, you know, the emergence of Sebastian Walcott and drafting, um, you know, drafting Wyatt Langford. This is the guy who the Rangers you know, definitely were thought maybe had the highest ceiling of any player in their system. That is not the case at this point. Um, but still, the ceiling is very, very high. He's still very young. He's still a teenager. And uh, we'll see what he looks like next year. But I, I am projecting big things from this kid because he has got um, a lot of potential in there. Now, the number five prospect in the Rangers system is Justin Foscue, the second baseman slash third baseman, the guy who just keeps on climbing up my rankings despite my initial reluctance with the pick. My initial reluctance with the entire 2020 draft class, I was like, "What is? What are these Rangers doing? They're they're drafting this this kid that feels like such a safe pick that feels like you know they're you know drafting him way too high in the 2020 draft in the first round. Uh, it was 14th overall, and some projections had him at a second round pick. And they they go and get this kid, you know, Evan Carter in the second round, and I was like, "What are they doing?" But it, clearly, that may be one of the best drafts in Rangers history, and Justin Foscue is no small part of it. This year, he spent the year in Round Rock, spending time between second base, a little bit of third base, a little bit of left field, but second base feels like his true home. He is a guy who walked significantly more than he struck out this year. That is a big feather in his cap, a big thing uh, that he has going for him. 85 walks to 70 strikeouts. He also had 17 stolen bases, uh, which was pretty darn impressive. 18 home runs and 31 doubles, an OPS of 862 on base just six points shy of 400 the guy gets on base he's a very very streaky hitter but he has good plate discipline doesn't strike out a whole lot just a very valuable bat that you can plug in uh, in a lot of different lineups and he might end up making the rangers opening day roster as their dh i think the right now my my estimation is it'll be between him and uh, ezekiel duran and wyatt langford all fighting for those at bats at dh um but he's definitely got a chance there. He had a really, really solid year. And if the Rangers didn't have such an incredibly deep lineup this year, I think the Rangers would have seen him make his major league debut at some point in August because he was performing very well all season long. Um, I don't think there's, it's going to be difficult to find him a long-term home. The bat is, is solid, but I, that's why I always throw him in, in all of these trade predictions, these trade projections that I'm doing, because I think other teams see a lot of value in Justin Foscue. The Rangers have such a, you know, lockdown infield for the next three, four, five years. Maybe he ends up at first base and he gets some at-bats there. But this is a guy with with pretty solid potential. I think he's going to have a, a pretty decent major league career. Definitely going to be a major leaguer at some point. And uh, getting that with your first round, with a mid-first round pick of in the, four, the 14 range, um, that's a pretty, pretty solid outcome for Justin Foscue. Coming up, we're going to get into the top four, including a trio of guys that have incredibly, incredibly high ceilings and a very, very intriguing pitcher. Right after this word from our sponsors. 
This episode is brought to you by Jace. I know we come to sports to escape from the crazy realities of life, but can we talk for just a minute about preparing for tough situations? Whether you're on extended travel or bracing for a major weather event or limited by yet another supply shortage, you are covered, my friend. Thanks to our partners at Jace Medical, life-saving antibiotics and a long list of daily medications can be ordered in a one-year supply. Jace Medical has the Jace case. The Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial infections, including UTIs, respiratory infections, sinusitis, skin infections, among others. This stuff could happen to any of us. So visit jacemedical.com and complete your physician encounter. It will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. It has never been more important to be prepared than today. Go to jacemedical.com and use offer code Locked on for $20 off your order. Now, without further ado, let's get into the top four. The number four prospect in the Rangers system is Brock Porter, the top pitching prospect in their system. I think by a pretty wide margin, in in my opinion, he's got a fantastic fastball and exceptional changeup. Both of those could be uh, double-plus pitches at the highest level, but he is still quite a ways away. This was his first year of professional baseball, and I really like what I saw from him, including you know him improving much his biggest weakness down the stretch, especially in his last couple of games. I mean, the walk rate was his biggest enemy. Uh, it was his biggest problem, um, but his his stuff was just honestly too good for low A. It really was. I mean, he was just outmatching these guys, especially the changeup. I mean, guys really don't have that good of a changeup at such a, a, a young age. Um, he is 20 years old. Uh, I believe he is turning, just turned 20 on June 3rd. Was a little bit older for a high school pick when the Rangers drafted him, but still exceptional value the Rangers got with a fourth round pick. I mean, maybe the top prep arm in that class is between him and a guy who San Diego drafted in the first round, Dylan Lesko, but I mean, his ceiling is very, very high. He's six four. He's got the frame to be a top end starting pitcher. Uh, and the fastball is very good. Changeup's very good. Um, working on that walk rate, improving. Uh, that is going to be the big, the big thing for him. He had 14 walks in the month of July and 19 innings. Not exactly ideal, but in August, in nine and a third innings move that all the way down to just three and strikeout rate was fantastic this year in his first year of pro ball he had 12.3 strikeouts per nine but five and a half walks per nine more walks than hits allowed uh for him which is kind of says where he is in terms of uh, compared to the other people in his level only one home run allowed as well i mean really he was just very very good and, and still a year and a half younger than the average pitcher in the carolina league i mean two and a half era just a really really solid year for him they're still working on extending him they're working on his mechanics of making them more repeatable his mechanics were were not super clean coming out of the draft but uh which is why they started him uh, at low a and they waited a whole year after drafting him to put him in low A and, and kept him there for the full season. I think that was the right move. And we'll see what he looks like next year. He's still, you know, working on cementing those mechanical changes, but the fastball plays up in the mid nineties is touched triple digits several times. The changeup is just exceptional. And the slider is it's also got some some pretty solid potential and he's also got a curveball as well. So a, a nice four pitch mix, but Mainly fastball and changeup are his two best pitches, and uh, they play very, very well off of each other. The ceiling is is something like a maybe a top end starter, maybe a number two. Um, we'll see. But he is a high school pit, a a high school draftee pitcher, um, which those guys take a long, long time to develop. I'm assuming he'll start this year at Hickory. If he gets a promotion at midseason, that is a very, very good sign. But 
I would be fine with just keeping him at Hickory uh, all year long, making sure that those mechanical changes stick, that he can stay in the strike zone and have that great, great stuff, um, you know, still be great because it's, it's getting guys to chase out of the zone. And he's not walking a whole bunch of guys. Now let's look at the number three prospect in the Rangers system. This is Sebastian Walcott, a guy who had a just absolutely phenomenal year. A 17 year old out of the Bahamas had his first year made it all the way stateside and all the way to high a Hickory where he was 5.2 years younger than the average player in the Sally league. Now he only played four games there, um, but still, they jumped him all the way from the Arizona Complex League all the way up to Hickory, and he was just absolutely fantastic. Only played you know, nine games in the Dominican Summer League. The numbers weren't super impressive there, just a 704 OPS, but the Rangers saw enough that they said this kid is too good for the Dominican Summer League, mainly because nobody pitched to him. He had 10 walks to eight strikeouts in 42 plate appearances there. And he said, all right, well, let's get him against some uh, more advanced competition. And he had an 849 OPS in 35 games with the Arizona Complex League. Overall in the year, 48 games for him, just over 200 plate appearances, seven bombs, four triples, 13 doubles, and 806 OPS, along with 12 stolen bases. A, a very high ceiling for this kid. He's got a, a decent amount of contact issues. He's still 17 years old, but I mean, it just shows the belie- how big of a believer these kids are. These guys are in his makeup. He's got an absolute um, bazooka for a right arm. I think he can stick at shortstop despite being 6'4". Still got a lot uh, more, you know, room to add power and he's already putting up really good power numbers really good exit velocity numbers hitting the absolute crap out of baseballs uh but swing and missing at a rate that's a little bit concerning not you know terribly eye-opening i mean 64 strikeouts in 215 plate appearances for his minor league career so far but again look at the level they're putting him at look at how quickly and aggressively they are jumping him up levels I wouldn't be surprised if they started him in high A Hickory next year. That'd be a really aggressive assignment for a guy who's going to be 18. Um, But uh, the Rangers believe in this kid. They are big believers in this kid. And he he is at this level where I I think he is untouchable. These top three Rangers prospects, I don't think they're included in like any deal, especially not for any of the pitchers or players who have been, you know, bantered about on the market, like a Dylan sees there's no way they're including Sebastian Walcott in a deal for Dylan sees the sky is the limit for this kid. He's still a long ways away, still very raw. Um, but man, the ceiling is something to dream on. Now the number two prospect on in the Rangers farm system, this, this is a decision I struggle with. Obviously you have a top two of, of Langford or Carter. And I think Langford is my number two prospect. Um, but he, the ceiling on on Wyatt Langford is so incredibly high. He made this a very, very tough decision. I talked to a scout friend of mine uh, who has seen Wyatt Langford, and he said you know, this is the best prospect in baseball for him in a long, long time. That is high praise. The guy who was drafted in the fourth, fourth overall. It's an absolute miracle that he slid to the Rangers, but this is maybe even better. Well, nothing's better for the long-term health of the franchise than winning your first ever world championship. But in terms of things that good things that happened to the Rangers in 2023, number one is winning the championship. Number two is drafting Wyatt Langford. The guy has elite power potential. That is, is not just power potential, but it is showing in games in a big, big way. He has an exceptional judge. He's an exceptional judge of the strike zone. The hit tool is fantastic. He is very, very fast, very athletic, still a little raw in the outfield, but I, I do still think he has the potential to be a center fielder. Um, but he's, 
probably not going to be because the Rangers have Leo Tavares and Evan Carter. I don't see those guys going anywhere particularly soon. Um, but I would not be surprised at all for him. I would actually be more surprised at this point if he didn't make the Rangers opening day roster than if he did. I mean, I really thought that he was going to maybe make his major league debut when Adolis Garcia went down with that injury in the World Series. And, you know, Chris Young publicly laughed it off, but I really think that that was a consideration. I mean, he was working out in Arlington, White Langford was, and that's what they think of this kid. I mean, if not for Evan Carter's existence, White Langford would have been the one filling in as the little savior when Adolis Garcia went down with that injury in September against the Astros. The sky is is through the roof. The ceiling is through the roof for this kid. I mean, long-term potential, like you're talking about an elite superstar level player, multi-time all-star. Like that is the kind of like average projection form at this point. Like it's nuts how great people, how highly people rate White Langford to the fact where I was talking with the same scout and he said, I would put White Langford very comfortably ahead of Evan Carter, which my initial thought was that, but also it's hard to, to not put the guy who just hit third on a World Series winning team as your number one prospect. So let's get into the number one prospect in the Rangers system. That is Evan Carter, the little savior, the World Series champion, the number three hole hitter on a freaking World Series team who had just the most magical first couple of months in the big leagues that anyone could have. I mean, coming up in the middle of a pennant chase for the Rangers, desperately needed a spark that he provided. I mean, if you extend out his regular season numbers plus the playoffs uh, of what he's done in the major league so far that is for a you know 160 game season saying he's playing 160 games takes two off um there's a slash line of 303 408 573 that's a 981 ops on pace for 52 doubles four triples 24 homers and 24 steals that's what he did in the middle of a playoff chase and a a a pennant chase like to get to the end of the regular season and through a World Series run. That is absolutely insane. Sensational, all-time legend forever, no matter what happens for the rest of his career because of those, what, 20, 40 MLB games. He's played 40 MLB games. It's insane. It is absolutely insane how good he did. Now, there are still questions about Evan Carter. There are despite him putting on that magnificent performance. And he was on pace to expand out his, you know, regular season baseball reference war of those 23 regular season games. That is a 1.6 B war and in 162 game pace for an 11.2 war season. That is like an all time historically great season. He had a higher regular season OPS than Corey Seager, the guy who finished second in MVP voting. He's probably not going to do that for the full season and full the duration of his career. Like that's, probably not going to happen and that's okay that's great there are still questions about evan carter and and that's fine he's a 21 year old he just turned 21 before he made his major league debut like that is nuts this is a very rare type prospect um, who had that kind of impact in his first couple games in the majors but there's still Real questions about if he can hit lefties. There's, you know, he doesn't have the greatest arm if you really want to nitpick, but he's got elite speed. Um, the power potential, we'll see how much that, that plays in games. I mean, him having five home runs in 23 regular season games uh, in the major league level was kind of surprising for me. Doesn't hit the absolute tornation out of the baseball, but he is such an elite judge of the strike zone. The on base is going to be very, very high. He's going to hit quite a few doubles, as he did throughout his playoff run of nine doubles in those. 
20-ish games, however much it was, um, in route to the World Series. The guy is has a very, very high ceiling, and he has already done it at the ma- Major League level, which is why I didn't want to overthink it. I mean, Wyatt Langford's ceiling is probably overall higher than, than Evan Carter, but the defense in center field, um, him being probably the fastest player in the entire Rangers system uh, is is something that's a huge point in his favor. And the fact that he has already done it, already has that confidence um, of doing it at the highest level, just, oh, here we go. Here I am in the major leagues. Uh, just no big deal. Let me just, you know, crush it in the freaking playoffs and be the insurance behind Corey freaking Seager on a World Series winning team. Like, at 21. We've been 21 for a month. Like, it's bonkers how good this guy has been. And if he takes a step back and has, you know, only like an 800 or 850-ish OPS next year, I don't want people to think, oh, wow, what a, what a disappointment. No, I mean, that level of success is almost assuredly unsustainable unless Evan Carter just happens to be the next Mike Trout and Wyatt Langford also happens to be the next Mike Trout. But neither of them are that because by age 20, Mike Trout had already had like a nine-war season in the major leagues. That's fine. It's insane expectations on both these guys. The ceilings are incredibly high, and the Rangers outfit is going to be absolutely insanely good for many years to come, as is their lineup, with a top two of Langford and Evan Carter. Whatever order you want to put them in, both of them have incredibly bright futures, as do the Rangers because of those two, because of all these top 10 and this top 30. I mean, what a great spot for the Rangers to be in. And by the way, Evan Carter is the favorite right now, according to a, a poll for... Um, AL executives for who's going to win AL Rookie of the Year. And then number four, most likely to win AL Rookie of the Year, uh, that's White Langford. And this team just won a World Series. And they are only getting better. That's going to do it for today's show. Thank you all so much for listening and subscribing. And until next time, don't forget to enjoy World Series champion Texas Rangers baseball.